What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Deep Two, a basketball podcast where we talk about the latest NBA news while sprinkling our own mild to spicy takes in here and there. My name's Kiefer Mendoza, and I'm joined today by my friend Ryan Stanley. Ryan, answer me this. How are you doing today? And has RJ hit a three yet? I'm doing wonderful. He did not hit a single three last night. Didn't need to beat the beat the Charlotte Hornets, which is, you know, I guess a, an accomplishment. Um, much closer than I'd like for it to be, seeing how Lamelo didn't play. But you know what? A dub's a dub. Oh man, some tough outings for RJ, but your beloved Knicks are three and one, so that's hopeful. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Come on, Jalen Brunson looks great, man. So, more fun games these past few days, so I want to go ahead and jump in. Let's give some quick hitters to recap week two of this NBA season. Um, I'll, I'll share mine first, and, and we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on these, um, but just, just a couple thoughts that I had. Number one is, Joel Embiid doesn't look like he really cares. Um, he's moping up and down the court. Um, he had a 40-point game the other night. But it was probably the laziest 40-point game I've ever seen. He looks like me whenever we – and I know that we we have talked about us playing pickup basketball in college you know, two or three times at this point. But he looks like me after two times down the court at uh, North Greenville's outdoor basketball court. And he's a professional athlete, so that, that's not a, good, not a good look for him. I watched the Sixers-Spurs game – and multiple times on a fast break, there was everyone running down the court except for Joel, which was really it was just really discouraging to to see, especially with him being my MVP pick. Just doesn't look like he cares. The rest of the Sixers, however, look very locked in. Harden looks like he's on the way back to form. Maxi is in that kind of prove yourself point of his career, and I've touched on him a couple times already. And then they have a, obviously a really a really deep bench. I saw a, a stat today that. Matisse Thibel, who is a great defender, played some really significant minutes, has only played five minutes in five games these first uh, four or five games. So kind of crazy how deep their bench is. But their star player, face of the franchise, just doesn't look like he cares. And that's kind of sad. Hopefully it's all just a phase and he can kind of lock back in because even a lazy Joel Embiid is – a top six or seven player in the league, but a, a locked in Joel is arguably can can argue his way to the to that number one spot. So sad look for Embiid, but hopefully he can lock back in. My beloved Bulls are off to a great start. They had a great start last season too, and it didn't end the way that I wanted it to end. But we got a big win over the Celtics. I think uh, Io Desunmu. Is a was a sneaky good draft pick from last year. Makes smart plays. He fits the role perfectly, uh, filling in for Lonzo as he's out. So the Bulls are are doing what they normally do for me and just giving me a little bit of false hope. Um, they're shooting like four total three per, threes per game. So somehow they're still getting wins, but we know that doesn't really translate to playoff basketball. But I figured I needed to at least touch on them. And then my other main takeaway is after our, our episode last week with my my dame praise and your dame slander i would like to say damian lillard is back 
31 points per game, 50% field goal, field goal percentage, and 40% from deep. And the Blazers are 4-1, and one, so it's not empty stats, which is what I kind of assumed it would kind of be. But the Blazers are, are winning games. So those are my takeaways. Any thoughts on those? I, I love those. Um, I Actually, you hit on a couple things that I'm also going to hit on. Love when that happens. Uh, but no, those are, I, I would like to go ahead and recant my, my Dame take. I didn't feel good about it in the moment. I haven't felt good about it since then. Um, I just, I, I mean, I've had people reaching out to me saying, like, thank you for finally speaking the truth about Dame. And I don't want to be associated with those people. I want to be on the right side of the culture and say, I love Dame and I'm glad that he's doing well. So there's that. I'll uh, go ahead and hit some of the stuff that I jotted down. There's a whole lot of dashes here. Probably not going to read them all just because most of them don't make sense. It's just like one of them just says the Cavs are fun. And I don't know. I mean, the Cavs are fun, but like that's the whole point. There you go. <laughs> um, I guess I did end up reading that one. Um, my weekly update for everyone on the Knicks. Um, I'm just going to end up. You're, you're all going to know a lot about the Knicks from this podcast. It's going to be like listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. I was just about have, to say that. I was just about to say <laughs> you're going to have you have like in depth opinions about Aaron Neesmith, and it's like you don't want to have them, but you just hear so much about the Celtics. Which Aaron Neesmith starting at small forward for the Pacers right now? If no one knows that fact, just peppering that one out there into the world. Um, a lot of these are actually questions. Keith, do you know what position Ben Simmons starts at? And I, I promise you, if you had four guesses, you would go over four. My guess would be power forward. No, he is. Uh, he is starting at the two right now. What? That does not make any sense. <laughs> Um, and just like last week, Ben Simmons has once again fouled out with a triple single this week. Um, Royce O'Neal starting at the four, in case anyone's wondering. Um, so there's that. Uh, Steve Nash got ejected last night. Last night's game against the Bucks was actually super fun. Uh, you know, KD looked great, but Giannis uh, is clearly just the best player in the league at this point. Um, Giannis was, was dominating. He had 34 points in just the second half of that game. So when it was time to turn it on, he turned it on, and nobody was really stopping it. But uh, Steve Nash got ejected, like I said, from that game for defending one of the absolute worst flops that I've seen in my life from Patty Mills. And uh, <laughs> on the on the call, I was watching the ESPN2 broadcast, and I'll kind of get to some of that in a second, but uh, Kendrick Perkins said it was a smart move by Nash because now he can't be blamed for the team losing, <laughs> which is just, I mean, an incredible take all around, all the way around. <laughs> If you can't make good substitutions, guess what you can do? You can substitute yourself out of the game. So shout shout out to my man Steve Nash there. It's a, it's a long con, con kind of play. <laughs> He's setting himself up for success with his next team. Um, <laughs> so uh, getting back to that, I don't know if you've ever watched Stephen A's World um, on ESPN two, which doesn't ha- they don't do it very often. It's like once every few weeks. Um, they they actually brought up the schedule of when they're gonna do it. Um, and it's like the next broadcast is like in November and then like the next one after that is on Christmas Day it's like the Knicks Sixers game I think Uh, but Stephen A's world is basically just ESPN's version of like the Manning cast for Monday Night Football and it is wonderful like it's just Stephen A on a couch he does both the play-by-play and the the commentating like by himself Um, it's just a single camera on him and then he like randomly calls people but it's not like as planned out as the Manning cast is it's like like he called Kendrick Perkins multiple times throughout the podcast or throughout the, the broadcast and uh, Perk was like 
clearly not ready for it. Like he was he was in his house, like not on a TV set or anything. <laughs> and this is on ESPN two, dirt like side by side with the game. And uh, so they're doing that the whole time, and then um, it it was just so much fun to watch. I mean, just hearing Stephen A. Smith do like every role in the broadcast booth from some couch somewhere was was amazing. They also had Winston Duke, who plays uh, Mbaku in the Black Panther movies. Yeah, he just popped in for a second, which was super cool. Uh, but yeah, I love that. Like I said, they just—I guess—they're just, just going to do that like once a month for a random game. But if you see that or hear about that, I highly encourage anyone who likes basketball to do that. I'm a huge Stephen A. Smith guy myself. Um, other than that, I have—I uh, have. Could you imagine going back to 2019 and telling someone that once uh, Andrew Wiggins' contract is up with the Wolves, he would actually get another hundred million dollar contract? <laughs> His turnaround has been a one for the history books because he was one of those guys that I thought was going to be out of the league by 29. And now he's getting more money than Draymond Green is at this point in the, in his career. So. Man, I'm telling you, dude, he, he is so much fun to watch now. And I just can't believe that. Cause he like, he was like the worst contract in the league for a long time. And now I think most teams probably would have given him that contract last off season. Uh, Another question I had for you is uh, a question about your Bulls, actually, and that is, uh, does Lonzo Ball still play basketball? He doesn't. The uh, at the beginning of the <laughs> at the beginning of the season, he had this video call where he said that it hurts to walk upstairs. So it's not looking good for Lonzo. It doesn't look like he'll be back. He's. I don't think. He, I think he's definitely in, like indefinitely out for the rest of the season, and there's no real timeline on a return. So, no, he does not play basketball. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for that. I honestly did not know that. I just kept seeing DNPs beside him on, like, the the box scores. And I was like, man, if he didn't play again, I, like, literally don't remember. I don't remember Alonzo playing for the Bulls, actually. I have no thoughts on that. So It was, like, six um, games. You know, what, so. <laughs> you know what they do have is the bald Mamba, though. Um <laughs> So let's see what else we have on this this little list. Um, once again, no context. Anthony Edwards is fun. So there's that. And uh, my last thing is uh, for, for all of us who are on pins and needles wondering about this one, Markeith Morris played in a basketball game uh, since the last time we, we recorded. It was his first basketball game since getting shoved by uh, Nikola Jokic last season. Oh, wow. He scored three points. Oh, and wow. he, he missed the next game for personal reasons. So that's that, where we are with Marquise Morris. Is that what he said? Like, is that the, the reasoning was personal reasons? Oh. Yeah, that's like on, like on the, the sheet. Man, Marquise, what's going on, man? Second best Keith there is. <laughs> for today, Ryan, we are going to take a trip to La La Land, spend some time with our Staples Center tenants, the Lakers and the Clippers. R.I.P. to the Staples Center. <laughs> to, to, oh, sorry, the Crypto.com arena. <laughs> My bad. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the old days. Anyways, two very different teams with some polar opposite projections. So I want to start with the Clippers today. And the question that I've posed for us is, do we trust the Clippers? And let me just paint the picture for us before we give our thoughts. According to Forbes, the Clips are projected to be right there with the Warriors to win the West. And according to SI, they have the fifth best odds in the league to win the championship. Despite the fact 
that we have not seen a fully healthy Clippers team since the second round of the 2021 playoffs where Kawhi was sidelined by, I think it was a right knee sprain, and then he never returned. The Clips managed to still win that series against the Jazz, only to face and lose to the Western Conference champion Suns, who were missing Chris Paul for the first two games. Um, so last year, Kawhi sat out the entire year due to an ACL injury, and Paul George also sat out for the majority of the games. He only played 31 games total last year. And then the Clippers were in the play-in but lost to the Zion-less Pelicans in that play-in game. This offseason, they made some notable moves like signing uh, John Wall on, a, on a, a small contract, you know, really the ghost of John Wall, even though I'm a, I'm, I'm a John Wall guy, but the hype behind him coming back into uh, form is, I don't think, very uh, – it's not merited. Uh, he, they re-signed some valuable bench players like Nick, Nick Batum, Robert Coving, Covington, uh, Ivica Zubac, as well as with Kawhi and Paul George projecting to return. A lot of people across the NBA world have the Clips as one of the title favorites. So, Ryan, with all that information, I pose the question, do you trust the Clippers? I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I think that they have the highest ceiling, possibly in the league. I mean, like they should. Um, a team, a team with Kawhi Leonard alone shouldn't be like a, a team whose ceiling is like, hey, we're going to be a good team. It's like if you have Kawhi Leonard, like the goal is to win a championship every year. And I think that what makes this so difficult is the fact that like that ceiling should like not just because they have Kawhi, not just because they have Paul George, but like. You know, I heard somebody the other day say that, that one through nine, they have the most talented roster in the NBA, which is probably true. I mean, I, I mean, didn't even get to Norman Powell just now, but Norman Powell, nice piece on top of all these other ones. They did lose Isaiah Hartenstein, so that's a massive loss for that second unit. Um, <laughs> so I don't. To answer your question, I do believe that the best version of the Clippers is a title-contending team, but. Will we ever see that that version of them? I highly doubt it. I mean, they they're two and two to start this year. Uh, one game they won because basically every player on their roster had between like I think thirteen and eighteen points, which is a great way for their roster to, to play. And they won their next game because Paul George dropped forty on the Kings, and uh, then they lost their next two after that. So there's like literally no consistency with this roster to be able to tell what they're doing. But one thing I was thinking on the way over to do this is that uh you know if you've ever pulled for a team that's like tanking or just a straight up like not good team perennially or whatever uh, one thing that kind of comes up a lot is that like those sorts of teams like my Knicks pretty much every year um those teams uh like they get so used to blowing leads whether it's like intentional or not they get so used to going on like huge losing streaks to end the year that when they actually construct a good roster and have good players and try to turn that around, all of a sudden they have all these guys who basically can't like turn it on like when they need to. Like they're they're almost like conditioned to um, to blow leads in the fourth quarter or to you know not be able to finish out the season with any sort of consistency there. And I, I do wonder about the Clippers, like with them taking so much time off, like why is you know he's back but he didn't start in their first game and you know he's he's barely I don't I don't think he's played in two of the games actually out of the four already uh John Wall's taking every other game off basically 
Um, I'm very. I will bet anything I have that Paul George will miss some significant time this season. And uh, I just, I just feel like, like you know, like how are you going to build consistency day in and day out? Like, are you just going to turn it on and all of a sudden be the best of teammates once you have to play every game in the playoffs and, and win them? Uh, and I just, I don't think that that's there. I don't know. How are you feeling? Yeah, I agree with a lot of your points and especially with the, their bench. It is a it is a deep bench and honestly, you put that bench on the Lakers and the Lakers are probably back in contention. But I'm very much of the and this is this is kind of a cheesy way to be, but I'm very much in the what have you done for me lately sort of mindset. And what we haven't seen lately is the Clips being successful as a team. It's hard for me to trust anybody after such significant injuries, you know, with Kawhi being out for an entire season, Paul George being out for more than half of the season last year. And now, you know, Kawhi is is pretty renowned for being one of the, the top guys in the load management category. And like you said, he's only played two games. He missed last night's game. Paul George missed last night's game as well with uh, a non-COVID related uh, illness. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't look like, and obviously it's the regular season. So they're going to play it safe because their goal is not to be the one seed. Their goal is to win the championship. So anything could happen. And, you know, if they were, if they were to go deep in the playoffs, even go to the finals, I wouldn't be surprised per se, but I just don't foresee that because of the inconsistency. Really, the only time that we've seen, like, yes, we saw them fully healthy before Kawhi got injured in 2021 playoffs, but the only time that we've seen them fully healthy without any injuries happening was in 2020 in the bubble when they blew a three to one lead to the Nuggets. And they were they were healthy for that. It wasn't any other reason other than they didn't have the chemistry. And I, I just don't – we have all these teams that get put together with all these stars, and we just assume that it's always going to work. But I think more often than not what we see is that that doesn't work. It worked for the Lakers in 2020, and that was you know, the mo most recent example of that. But you think about all of the champions, most of the champions in these past couple of years, the Warriors last year are homegrown drafted talents. The Bucks, homegrown, pretty much all drafted talents. You have the Lakers, and then obviously the Kevin Durant Warriors, completely different story. Um, unbeatable team, you know, in my mind, the, the greatest team of all time. Um, and the, but before then, you know, it's it's a lot of a lot of teams that we think are going to be really good because they have got they've gotten all of these talented players. Take the Nets, for example not working out they've been to Kyrie and Katie have been together on the Nets for four years now almost maybe maybe three years LeBron and AD only have one ring and the rest of their years look pretty miserable so I just don't I don't necessarily trust it I would not pick them as one of my I would say at, at best they're they're a top eight or nine title contender just because of pure talent alone but I think the chemistry there just doesn't I'm not convinced but like I said, if they if they come through and end up going deep in the playoffs, I'm not going to be surprised because I do believe in Kawhi's greatness. I I just don't foresee it happening because of the injury history and 
the chemistry issues as well. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, and what's so frustrating about Kawhi is that throughout, you know, this five-year saga of injuries with him is that he just decided to turn it on one time and just win a championship like by himself I mean and that's what's so frustrating is that like that that gives you that clarity like this is how good this guy is it's just he he basically just doesn't want to be that good um but there's so many guys on that roster that I think both of us want to see well like I want to see Paul George do well I want to see John Wall you know make a big comeback you know he John Wall has has said a lot of stuff about how the last few years of his life have been I think he like lost his mom he uh, obviously tore his um, was it his ACL that he tore playing basketball and then he like tore his Achilles like walking around his house or something yeah like I mean it, like he, he's been very open about like some of his stro- his struggles uh, you know just mentally and emotionally going through all of that and like yeah like I want to see those guys do well but also sometimes I just think like if these guys were just super annoying would they just be like the Nets in the West like like if you just gave them all like insufferable personalities like a lot of the guys on the nets have and like replace like the likability factor with a lot of these guys it's basically the same thing i mean like they pretty much haven't played basketball together and if they were all the best versions of themselves they would clearly be in contention for titles every year so let's move on to the more miserable side of la um even though <laughs> both of us kind of are on the same page about the clippers not necessarily trusting them and because of the history but there is a more miserable side of los angeles and that is the lakers (laughs) so on our doc ryan you posed the question if we were the gm of the of the lakers what would we do to fix their issues so rye palinka what moves are you making (laughs) you know i'll be honest with you a couple minutes ago i was texting with dear friend of the podcast lj wood and I asked him straight up, uh, LJ, what would you do to fix the Lakers? Because I'm about to have to answer this question. And he said, uh, first of all, I'd fire Rob Polinka. Well, for the sake of this, this exercise, uh, Rob Polinka has just been fired. And they have decided to reach down to Anderson, South Carolina and hire me. Um, <laughs> you know, listening to the pod, they said, this is the guy. Uh, so... <laughs> I feel like everyone's take here has to start with the exact same thing. And it really just kind of hinges on where you're trading Russell Westbrook to. Um, as much as I hate that, you know, we love we love Russ, very pro-Russ. I think everyone is, like, kind of pro-Russ. Um, just not a good fit, and he hasn't handled uh, his role or what he needs to do very well. I really do think that his MVP years, as great as they were to watch, as fun as it was to see him win MVP after KD left, I mean, man, like, I think it damaged his game in a way that is looking pretty irreparable. So I have, um, my rush trade is one that I've heard floating around a little bit here. Seen it on Twitter a few times. People have been been reporting it as a possibility. And that is um, sending him to Miami, who is looking to get out from the Kyle Lowry contract. And uh, also picking up Duncan Robinson along the way. If you're wondering why Miami would do a trade like that, it's because Duncan Robinson has like two and a half years left on a like north of a hundred million dollar contract, and uh, all thirty teams in the NBA would like to get out of that contract. Um, Russell Westbrook is an expiring contract this year, so that's one thing. Like if you look at his like forty-four million or something that he's earning right now, 
uh, just kind of keep in mind that like he is an expiring contract, so trading for Russell Westbrook is going to become increasingly desirable throughout the course of this season, even though it might not look like it right now, just because you're essentially buying cap space for next offseason. So if you pick up Russell Westbrook, his contract will be off the books as soon as the season ends, and then all of a sudden that 40 something million that he's getting paid essentially becomes free money that you can spend on people. And this is where I, as a Knicks fan, would convince myself that we will be signing all the best free agents with that money. Um, so that's my trade right there. I think that uh, I think that Miami would do something like that, and I would love to see Russ in that system. It would it'd actually be super fun. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Kyle Lowry play this, this season, but, I mean, Russ would not be a, a step down from where Kyle Lowry's at. It might actually be a, a sizable improvement, and it would create a lot of money for Miami to pull off other trades or to go after somebody next offseason. And I think for the Lakers, um, I, would, I would hate to see Kyle Lowry in that system because he will essentially assume the Russ role of the aged point guard that we should be celebrating, but now everyone will hate them. Um, and I would hate to see that happen to, to Kyle Lowry. But that would essentially be what he would be doing. And then the Lakers are, um, they're like a bottom three team. I haven't checked it in the last couple of games. Um, they're, they're at the bottom of the league in three-point shooting. And Duncan Robinson is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. And I also have for that remaining cap space, I would, um, I would trade just anything for Evan Fournier. Um, this is an objective take right now. Evan Fournier led the NBA in three-point percentage last year. I think adding him and Duncan Robinson to that rotation just to give the Lakers two guys who can consistently knock down at least 40% of their threes, uh, it would it would do a, a great service to that team. Um, the problem is that both Duncan Robinson and Evan Fournier are basically just turnstiles on defense. Uh, so the fact that the Lakers, essentially their second biggest problem after jump shooting is that they are one of the worst defending teams in the league. That problem will persist. Um, I don't think you're going to fix it, but I think notably, you know, I'm trying to keep my, my GM job for a while. I'm trying to see this thing through for the long haul. I'm not trading any picks, just flat out. The The Lakers, their only two picks for the next decade are in 2027 and 2029. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, you can't trade back-to-back years first-round picks, which is why those are kind of staggered like that. Um, because of other trades the Lakers have made, they're literally left with two first-round picks for the, for the next decade. And I'm just going to be real with you. Like, Do you think LeBron or Anthony Davis is still going to be carrying this team into the playoffs in 2027 and 2029? Like those, those two picks could both end up being like top-of-the-lottery draft picks. And I'm, just, I'm not giving up uh, what could essentially be like a future all-star player one day for you know, a, a shot at picking up like Buddy Heald right now. Yeah, I I like that. I like that move. I actually haven't heard of the Miami. I haven't heard any Miami rumbling for a Russ destination. So that's interesting. It is sad to me that kind of the trajectory that Kyle Lowry is going down. But I think that if he were on the Lakers, it would be less so of the issues that we see with Russ because Kyle Lowry has already he's he's time and time again proven that he's okay being that second, third fiddle just to run the ball up and pass it. And I don't, that's where Russ necessarily doesn't necessarily accept his role. I think, I think Kyle would be good in that. And yes, he would die. He would continue to 
regress in his ability and his skills, but I think that he would fill that role well. I'm going to kind of go in a little bit different direction, and my I actually I, I visited the age-old friendly NBA trade machine to make sure this worked because I, I'm not a I'm I'm not a, the smartest when it comes to salaries and caps and whatnot. But this trade was successful, so I'll just share it with you. The Utah Jazz have been overachieving, and it's been exciting. My former Bull player, Laurie Markkinen, the marksman, the finisher, he has been playing some of the best basketball of his life. He's averaging 22 points, three assists. He's playing really good basketball, and he's not even shooting that well from three. He's actually shooting pretty poorly from three, 24%, whereas he's usually, for his career, he's 30, 36%. So he's kind of in a shooting slump, yet still able to average 20-plus points. So with all of that Utah Jazz success, even though it's exciting, even though it's fun and, and people are having a good time watching this this underdog team, I don't think Danny Ainge is like, man, this is awesome. Keep winning games because of the Victor, the Victor pick coming up. So I think it'll be a super simple trade because Russ's contract is expiring, like you said, to, tr- to trade Russ straight up for three players in Mike Conley, a another aged point guard that plays his role. He doesn't, he doesn't do too much. Laurie Markkinen, our guy, and then Jared Vanderbilt, who was a, a sneaky, a sneaky good trade asset being a young guy who's, who's great defensively. I think that those three players straight up for us, it solves a problem for the Lakers in that they have a, a point guard who will play his role. They have two guys that, could come off the bench, you know, Markinen could start for the Lakers. They are kind of spark plugs defensively and offensively. And then it solves a problem for the Jazz as well in that Russell Westbrook is going to be able to, one, be exactly who he is and play hard and shoot all the time. And they'll have a fun time. Him and Colin Sexton kind of remind me of each other. Colin reminds me of a young, a young Russ just kind of attacking everybody at the rim. And they're going to lose games, and that's what the Jazz front office wants. They'll, they're going to lose games, but they're still going to have a little bit of fun. They still have Jordan Clarkson, who last week we mentioned he's just playing out of his mind you know, without Donovan Mitchell there. And so I think that that is a trade that I had in mind. And then this other one, I, I'm not, this is not my suggestion. I just had this in my – I screenshotted this for some reason, and I was like, this just makes sense money-wise. But um, the Charlotte Hornets are another – another poor franchise that are having a rough go at it. They actually have won a couple games, but trading Russell Westbrook, maybe straight up, maybe you trade like the 2029 first rounder for Gordon Hayward and Mason Plumlee and somehow figure out Terry Rozier's contract in there as well. Uh, Terry Rozier, I'm a big Terry guy. I went to a couple Hornets games last year, and he is – LaMelo is obviously a fun watch, but Scary Terry is a, is a fun player to just watch cook. And so Gordon Hayward is all right. I think as a as a bench player, he's a he's a serviceable guy. And then Mason Plumley, just for another, if if Anthony Davis wants to be stubborn and continue to play power forward, then Mason Plumley's a, a serviceable center as well. So I think that trading Russ, like like we've said, is is unfortunately because we're we're Russ guys, 
is unfortunately the number one thing to, to move forward with. But even then, even with all of these great trades that we've come up with, there is a lot of issues that the Lakers have, have that won't necessarily just be answered by trading Russ. While Russ is a huge part of the equation of solving it, he's it's still not the number one. Like you said, LeBron and Anthony Davis, they are it the sad part is uh, the LeBron is aging and he is not he, he's still playing at a great level, but he's not going to continue to do that for years and years. And Anthony Davis, even though he should theoretically be, you know, at the top of his prime or maybe nearing the end, it seems like he's just getting he's not getting any better and I don't think that he's really he he doesn't really have that that sort of you know, this is cheesy to say, but the Mamba mentality, the killer instinct, you know, the, hey, I'm going to, he should be the best, he should be the best player in the league, but uh, he's he's not. Oh, yeah. So. I remember the uh, AD being the best player in the league conversations that people used to, like, honestly have, and it wasn't that long ago. It's kind of crazy to me, but uh, no, you, you make a lot of good points. I, I just, I'm so interested in why the Hornets want Russ, because that's been their thing for like a year now. I mean, like, how does he... They, I mean, they moved on from my guy Devonte Graham. I don't know why they kept Terry Rozier. And, and do they do they look at this Lakers team and think, you know, this guy who clearly hates coming off the bench and does literally nothing to make his team better, like that is the guy we want in our rotation with with Dennis Smith Jr. just lighting it up, also coming off the coming off the bench. I mean, how many point guards does this team need that basically can't shoot, with the exception of Lamelo? Um, and even that, I mean, I can't remember what his stats are, and I'm not going to bring him up, but I'm going to tell myself, not that great of a three-point shooter. Um, yeah, you mentioned Jordan Clarkson in there. It'd be interesting to see him going back to Los Angeles, um, him teaming up with LeBron once again as well. Um, but you, you did hit on kind of the same thing that I was feeling, and that's that, uh, you know, as you look through what their flexibility looks like, uh, draft capital-wise, and even players that other people would want, um, stuff like that. Like, there's just no way to solve all of this team's issues. I mean, you almost have to find a team like the Jazz that are going to actively try to tank their, their season at some point here. And, like, you have to like just try to hope for the absolute ceiling of whatever you get back and uh, really pull off some, some sneaky moves there. Yeah, there there wouldn't be a – there really isn't a great move because, like you said, the, the picks are – so valuable and even a team like the jazz that want to lose desperately they're going to want picks it doesn't matter what the what the deal is they're going to want a pick or two because of because i think people all the teams in the nba know the lakers desperate situation as well so they're going to try to take advantage of that and try to get as much out of them as possible but yeah and it's um, just to kind of close that out, something that just came to me too, it, it's becoming like the Cavs situation at the end where they wouldn't trade the pick that eventually became Colin Sexton. Um, you know, Colin Sexton, ironically, is on the Jazz now. <laughs> Could be part of this trade. Um, but, you know, like they wouldn't trade that pick because Le- LeBron was essentially campaigning for them to uh, trade their um, projected lottery pick for DeAndre Jordan, which great job by the Cavs not caving on that one. Uh, and I think that that's the era that we're going to see the Lakers in here. And I heard Charles Barkley say on a podcast the other day as well, like, you know, this team, I think they're for uh, first or second game of the season, they went 10 for 40 from three 
and he just goes, you know, Russ didn't miss all 30 of those threes. Like, you know, he's, he's essentially the scapegoat for a whole lot of problems, and he does embody a lot of those problems personally. But, I mean, that's, I mean, there's about nine guys who are really contributing to that. Right. So, to close out our episode today, we have a, a fun little game that Ryan's going to lead for us. Last week, Ryan mentioned a funny nickname of our, our beloved Pelican Center, Jonas Valanciunas, the Lithuanian Lightning, which got us thinking, you know, there's a lot of nicknames in the NBA that, especially if you look on, I think Ryan mentioned this last week, if you look on basketball reference, you, you see a lot of the nicknames that these players have been given over their careers. A lot of them I've never heard before, like, for example, the Lithuanian Lightning. So Ryan's got a couple of nicknames today that he's going to share with me, and I'm going to have to try to guess what player these nicknames belong to. So, Ryan, go ahead and fire away. Absolutely. So uh, I will just go ahead and set this up and say I didn't pick out any of the uh, well-known names. Basketball Reference keeps track of, like, every every nickname some of these guys have ever had, going back to, like, high school and AAU and stuff. And so I picked the most obscure nicknames. Some of these guys are, like, all-stars, and I've never heard these nicknames Two of them, I, will, I try to stick to guys who are currently in the league, um, but I will go ahead and tell you that a couple of them are actually recently out of the league or are free agents right now, but they are like very recent players that okay. everyone would know. So go ahead and tell me what you know about number one, Mr. Optimus Dime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Context clues tells me that he's a point guard. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Optimus Dime. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna. I'll guess one for each, and if I'm wrong, then you just tell me. Um, okay. Who's the right one? But I'm actually gonna go a complete uh, left turn here. I'm gonna say Nikola Jokic. Oh wow, that is. That nickname would be much better for Jokic than it is for this guy. No, this is uh, this is our well-known Optimus Dime, John Wall, actually. So. Okay, I, honestly, I, I actually thought about John Wall, so that I, I, I'll take a little bit of credit for that. But Okay, there you go, okay. there you go. Um, number two, I am going to go, I, I had to think about this one for a second to figure out like how he could have gotten this nickname, but then it made sense to me after a moment, and that is... Tell me what you know about the superintendent. <laughs> the, the superintendent? I don't even know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I will I will tell you that this guy is not currently in the league. Okay. Is he is he retired or is he just not signed? Um probably just not signed. Okay. Superintendent. Um there's no context clues for this one. Like, I just, there's no. I don't understand where the, how this would be used. There's one of them. There's there's a very small one in there. Oh gosh. Um, I'm gonna go with. This is this is just. I don't know where this come from. I'm gonna say Demarcus Cousins. Oh no, that is a great great choice though. No, is Mario Chalmers actually? <laughs> I. Okay, Super Mario. Okay, I got. It. Yep, got yep. It. All, all of his nicknames on Basketball Reference start with Super, and that was my favorite one out of all of them. 
So just know when I was looking these guys up, that's that's the range we're looking in here. We're going Mario Chalmers. <laughs> oh man. Oh my goodness. Um, we'll go to a, a classic. I, I've actually heard this one before. It's probably my favorite nickname in the NBA. A big Jeopardy fan. Um, Keith, have you ever heard of a man who goes by the name the Daily Double? <laughs> okay, it's got to be. I'm gonna guess it's a it's a big who gets double doubles in points and rebounds <laughs> constantly. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the daily double. Oh man, and this is a current player. He's in he's in the league. Uh, uh no, no, he is the other one who's not currently in okay. the league, but I'm sure he will be here soon. Hmm, interesting. It's. My guess would probably be, I don't know if this guy's in the league or not, but I'm just going to guess him. Is it Robin Lopez, the second coming of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? <laughs> no. Um, first of all, I don't know. Is Robin Lopez still on the Magic? That's something I'll look up after this pod. Uh, but no, the Daily Double is apparently an old nickname of Dwight Howard. So That, I don't believe, I genuinely don't believe that. <laughs> Can you imagine looking at prime Dwight Howard contending for MVPs and calling him the Daily Double? <laughs> That's not even a cool nickname. It's it's just kind of just like very very nerdy sounding. He went from Superman Superman to the Daily Double, so that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Bit of a downgrade. Um all right, let's do uh yeah, four more of these. I, I like this. Um <laughs> Let's go with uh, one that I've followed this guy since he was a teenager and I've never heard of this, so I'm convinced this made up. And also, this nickname makes literally no sense with, with who this guy is. I just want to know what your knee jerk reaction is. Um, have you ever heard of a man who goes by Taco J? <laughs> Taco J. Um, okay, I don't think you followed Taco Fall since high school, so I'm not going to go the easy route there. Taco J. This man's involved in one of my all-time favorite basketball memories. Oh, gosh. Taco J. <coughs> mm-hmm. Is there significance to taco? Is that just like a catchy... There is... I've racked my brain and I can't think of one. <laughs> taco J. Okay, I'm going to go with the J try to logic my way and it's one of your favorite basketball memories let me go with let me go with jeremy lynn oh my goodness that's an incredible guess but no it is not uh taco j jason tatum actually um <laughs> shout out shout out friend of the podcast Corey hansford on jason tatum there um no jason tatum you know famously involved in uh the duke collapse at bonds course wilderness arena to my south carolina mm. gamecocks a few years ago that's why he's involved in this memory. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So, next one, I have just an, an amazing nickname. I wish that they still used this nickname for this guy. Uh, <laughs> this man simply goes by the skate instructor. The st- <laughs> Do you say the skate instructor? Instructor? Uh, Oh yeah, like ice skating. Ice. Okay, okay. Just, okay, I'm, I'm gonna guess that he is 
like nasty with his handles or something and makes people like yeah go on skates yeah oh man i want to get at least that's just such a cool nickname <laughs> that is a that is a really good one and i also want to get at least one of these right just to, just to feel good about myself okay somebody who is known for crossovers and filthy handles let me oh gosh let me go with i'm gonna guess two here okay so i can try to at least get one is it oh, Jamal no. Crawford? It's not. Okay. Is it? Is it Trey Young? Oh no, no! Dang. It's Chris Paul. Chris <laughs> Paul. <laughs> that that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's all right. I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you with two. I really hope you get one of these two, just for your own sake. Um, mm-hmm. You've heard of you've heard of the Claw. You know Kawhi's iconic nickname. Uh, <laughs> He will put his clamps on you, but instead of clamps, he has claws because he has really long fingers. That's where that nickname came from. Um, have you ever heard of a man who goes by the paw? Like a smaller claw? <laughs> no. No, I haven't. Um... So, essentially, a smaller kawaii is how you would get that nickname, I assume. Okay, a smaller kawaii. And this is a, this is a current player, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh man. Okay, tell me this: East or West? East. Okay, that's not the player I was thinking. A smaller Kawhi, and he's called the Paw. And this is this is not a pop a popular nickname for him, right? This is like, have you had you heard this? I before? don't. I'll be honest. This guy does not have popular nicknames. <laughs> Okay. Okay. He is literally known by his full name. <laughs> One of those guys. Oh, okay. Let's see. Shoot. I'll go with I don't know, Matisse Thibel. Oh no, Kiefer. Kiefer. It's uh it's actually Patrick Williams. <laughs> oh man. I should know that. My guy. I mean, I shouldn't should know that have. because I've, I've never heard anybody. I follow a lot of Bulls Twitter, and I've never heard anybody call him the ball. But that's tough. I will be honest with you. I wanted to get a Bulls player in here. Uh, a lot of them don't have nicknames. No one's come up with a good Iodesumu nickname yet, and that's what I really wanted to go with. But it, when it he feels like one, it should be so easy. And we need to come up with one, honestly. Yeah. Um, all right, last one. I, I'm throwing you a layup, right? Throw, throwing you an alley. You can't really throw a layup, okay, I guess. Okay. Um, that's right. We know basketball on this pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Easy one, I would think. Have you ever heard of a man simply known as the accountant? Okay, I've definitely heard this one before. I've definitely heard this one before. Okay. Current player, yes? Oh, yeah. And east or west? He's in the east. Oh man, the accountant in the east. Um, can you tell me what position he plays? Uh, just guard. Just okay. He's a guard. You, yeah. Oh man. Okay. Let me run through this. Picture an accountant in your head. <laughs> Okay, I'm picturing an accountant. Very vanilla, basic, 
<laughs> not too exciting. Um, sheesh. Let me. I was gonna say, okay, is this a, okay? Let me continue to ask questions. Is this a guy who gets significant minutes on his team? Oh man, honestly. I would guess so. He's probably the sixth man of his team, and I'm really sorry if I got that wrong, but... Sheesh. Okay. Well, I mean, he has been getting... Uh, never mind, I can't say what I'm thinking, because I'll give it away. The accountant. Okay. Let me... Okay, I, I think I got it. I think I have it. Is the accountant Alex Caruso? It is. Yes. Come on. <laughs> One... <laughs> One for eight or nine, whatever. I am. I'm, Gotta I'm go out on a make, dude. <laughs> Just like real basketball. <laughs> oh man, that was fun. I like that. A lot, a lot of. I was gonna. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, he has been getting a lot of minutes lately because uh, Lonzo just doesn't play anymore. Right. Yeah. I kind of. When you said six man, that kind of helped me a little bit, and I and I figured it was like. You know, some it, it was a guy who looked like Alex Caruso. My other thoughts were like Dean Wade and um, <laughs> Kevin Herter, even though I think he's in the West now on the Kings. But um, yeah. yes, so also Dean Wade getting two <laughs> shout-outs, two episodes. It's probably the only podcast that's ever happened. But <laughs> anyways, ton of fun. Thanks for leading that, Ryan. And thank Absolutely. everybody for watching. Not watching. You're not watching us. For listening to another episode of Deep Two. We had a great time talking hoops with you. Hopefully, you guys continue to tune in. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you get uh, notified whenever we upload a new episode. And we're just super excited to continue. And, and just another shout-out to everybody who's talked to us. We've had a lot of guys uh, reach out about the podcast and and give their give their takes and so we want to continue to hear from you guys anyways great time ryan always good we will see y'all next time around Bye.